Welcome back to Zigzag Sports Talk, everybody. It is Thursday, December 10th. We have a great episode for you today. Start off with some NHL and NBA. Moving on to the MLB and, you know, kind of explain what the Rule 5 draft is, as that is tonight. Uh, and then we'll talk some college football and basketball. Finally, moving on to the NFL and the I Betcha picks. It's going to be a great episode. It's kind of a long one. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go ahead and skate on over to the NHL. Commissioner Gary Bettman came out and said that it's looking more and more likely that there's going to be four temporary divisions. One of those divisions will be the Canadian division featuring all seven Canada teams. This is due to Canada's strict laws on the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, this These temporary divisions is uh, going to force St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas to move to the makeshift Pacific division. And Boston and Buffalo will move to the Metropolitan Division with a Central slash South uh, Atlantic Division, you know, uh, forming for the last one. Um, As it's looking right now, uh, the start date is kind of going to be mid to late January. The... uh, the NHL owners have gone back on the CBA agreement they had with the players, much like they, the MLB had going on. Uh, they've gone back on their deal that they've already agreed on. It's it's pretty stupid, but uh, the owners are the billionaires, so technically they're going to make all the rules. Um, but because of that, the players are saying you know they, they don't like it. Uh, they're saying no to it. And uh, it's just causing the season to be delayed even further. And because of that, we're looking at a mid to late January start date with, as of right now, a 50 to 60 game season. Um, even if they came out today and agreed, there's still going to be a three or four week, you know, kind of preseason training camp period before they can start the official season. Um, now over on to the uh, hardwood, the NBA. Um, not much news here at all. Kind of revol- re- revolves around James Harden, but. Uh, he did arrive back to the Houston facility this week, and he was, he was told he needs six straight negative tests until he can be cleared to practice with the team. Um, James Harden has come out and said he, he wants a trade to the Nets to join Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant up there. But earlier this week, he said he was open to one with the 76ers. Houston still doesn't look like they're going to budge with it before the season starts, but who knows? It's been a wild year. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Let's swing on over to the MLB. Yankees came out and said yesterday that they are interested in the Pirates' first baseman Josh Bell and starting pitcher Jamison Tylone. Uh, both are, you know, probably the Pittsburgh's top prospects. They, uh, they, they haven't had good seasons. Josh Bell had a down 2020 year, and Tylone just uh, got back from his second Tommy John surgery. The Yankees are hoping to buy low, and uh, something comes out of it. The Mets could possibly land George Springer and Trevor Bauer. They're also close to signing James McCann to a four-year deal. Um, As we know, the Mets uh, did just sell their team. Steve Cohen is now the owner. He is the richest owner in the MLB. Uh, He's looking to sign money or sign players with all that money. Um, If they get Springer and Bauer, the Mets are going to be looking dangerous. They also have uh, DeGrom, Stroman, and Syndergaard in their pitching staff. So even if they just get Bauer, uh, it'll be, you know, a ridiculous starting five they have. Um, and if 
Springer will just be a bonus. Now, I think I've said it before on the channel, but uh, I don't think Springer is going to be as good as he was on the Astros. That goes for most of the Astros. And no, it's not because they cheated. It's just uh, kind of they've been there their whole careers. And I think going somewhere later, they're just not going to be as productive as uh, you might say. So Springer's probably going to get overpaid for, but he still will be an upgrade to the Mets outfield, joining ex-Astros teammate Jake Marizink there. Um, the Royals signed ex-Indians first baseman Carlos Santana to a two-year $17.5 million deal. Uh, I don't really know why they would do this. I guess just to you know kind of bring some ticket sales in. Uh, it's not that cheap. Carlos Santana is kind of old. The Royals are definitely rebuilding. Uh, it's kind of a questionable one for me, but um, good for Santana. Uh, today, tonight, the Rule 5 draft. Uh, most of you have never heard of this, and the other people that have don't know what it is or how it works. Uh, here's how it works, though. Each MLB team has a 25-man active roster, which includes the players that are currently on the team, uh, the, the players that travel with the team, that are in the dugouts, that are in the bullpen, the ones that can play any game. Uh, on top of that, they have a 40-man roster, which includes 25, the 25 from the active roster and then 15 players from the minors in case they need to be called up. So if you are not on this 40-man roster, you cannot play in the big leagues that year. You cannot be called up. Um, that's just, let me just, that's kind of the foundation of it, okay? Now that you know that, when it comes to the Rule 5 draft, anyone that is on a 40-man roster cannot be drafted. So, there, 40 players from each team are protected from the Rule 5 draft. Now, in order to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft, a player that was, if you're a player and you're 18 years or younger when you signed your first contract, you have had to been added to the 40-man roster within five years or you're eligible. Now, if you signed your first contract when you're 19 years or older, you must have been signed to the 40-man roster within four years, or you can get drafted in the Rule 5 draft. Um, if you are selected in the Rule 5 draft, you must, or the team that, that selects you, must keep you on the 25-man active roster for the remainder of the season. Um, so so if, if a team picks you, that means you're in the big leagues on the active roster the entire season. Uh, most of the people in these Rule 5 drafts are just prospects that uh, never made it to the big leagues. I mean, like I said, you if you, you've never made it on a 40-man roster in your four or five years playing uh, for a team in the minors. So, you know, usually you're a prospect with some high upside, but also you've been there for a while that you're not that great. Uh, but some teams like the Dodgers can't hide all their prospects, right? Um, names to know, not really anyone. Uh, most of them are just pitchers who are going to see some bullpen work, just some relievers that if they get picked, those be, you know, kind of coming in late in either a blowout or a game where your team doesn't have a chance unless they show something. Um, the only name that was high up that you might've recognized was Riley Pint or Riley Pint. Uh, he was selected by the Rockies fourth overall in 2016, uh, he just, nothing has come of his career. And, you know, he still has some upside. There's a reason he was drafted fourth overall. Maybe, a, you know, a few weeks with another team or a few months with another team will uh, help him reach his potential. Moving on, let's talk college sports. Starting off with football, it was a quiet week. A lot of games were getting canceled. 
Um, but there was a good a good battle between Coastal Carolina and BYU. Final score was 22-17. Coastal Carolina won by half a yard. Uh, this was a battle between the Mormons and the Mullets. It was a very exciting game between two ranked teams. Uh, not really playing for much, but, I mean, Coastal Carolina has been ranked in a while, if ever. Uh, so they're playing for an undefeated season. BYU, uh, they're not really playing for anything except for pride. But still, it was a great game. It was a close game. Like I said, BYU had the ball in the 22. They needed a touchdown to win the game. And they got tackled on the one. Um, what happens in this upcoming week, uh, number 25 Missouri will host number 9 Georgia. And number 17 North Carolina will travel to number 10 Miami. They're the only two big games really happening this week. Uh, like it's it's another kind of boring week, and the playoffs look the same. Um, hopefully, uh, the week after uh, will be a lot more exciting because we sh- we will have the conference championships happening that week. Um, but yeah, college football is a little boring right now, but we just got to tough it out. Moving on to college basketball, uh, the big game between Gonzaga and Baylor got postponed. That was a battle of the one and two seeds playing on Saturday. Uh, it because of Corona, it was postponed to later in the season. Same with Michigan State and Virginia. That game was supposed to happen yesterday, and it got postponed as well. Um, some big games or some big wins, I should say, uh, between teams this this past week. Number twelve Villanova beat number seventeen Texas sixty eight to sixty four. Number eight Creighton beat or lost to num- number five Kansas beat number eight Creighton seventy three seventy two on a final shot. Uh, that game was wild. It's a matchup of two top ten teams. Uh, I don't think this says much about Creighton. Uh, what it tells me about Kansas is uh, they're they're for real. I mean, they beat a, they beat a good team in a close game, and you know Creighton just they just lost this one. If they played again, Creighton might take the dub. Um, next game, number six Illinois defeated number ten Duke with a score of eighty three to sixty eight. Uh, Duke does not. They Duke has talent. They uh, they have great talent, but they're not a great team. Uh, that's that's kind of what I get from watching that game. Illinois, on the other hand, they are uh, they've been there for a while. Uh, the players have. Uh, they're a veteran team. They have great guards and they have a few shooters. They look they're a good solid team. Uh, I like them ranked number six. And uh, I know they lost to Baylor last week, but uh, you know they're still a good team. They're a really good team. Um, and they have the possibility of being number one seed going into the tournament. Uh, the other big game of the week was number three Iowa defeating number sixteen North Carolina ninety three to eighty, and can those white boys in Iowa can shoot the ball? Uh, North Carolina is a great program. They don't have a great team this year, uh, but and Iowa does. Uh, Iowa looked outstanding. North Carolina did not know how to keep up. Uh, that was a very exciting game. Um, upcoming games this week that are big. There's only three. Uh, Thursday, today, number 24, San Diego State, travels and plays 23, Arizona State. Uh, two close, closely ranked team. It should be a good matchup. On Sunday, number 19, Richmond, travels and plays number 11, West Virginia. Richmond was not ranked, but they had a big win over Kentucky last week, and they have moved in to number 19. West Virginia, on the other hand, has they, they lost to Gonzaga 82 to 87 earlier in the season. West Virginia should pull this one out, and that also should put them in the top 10. Uh, the other game is going to be number 13, Texas, at number two, Baylor. That is also on Sunday. I don't really think Texas has a chance. Baylor has looked outstanding from every game I've seen. They've also had some time to rest, 
but it is COVID season, so who knows? Um, the top ten, uh, the top three remain unchanged. Michigan State slots in at number four, Kansas at number five, Illinois at number six, Houston at seven, Creighton at eight, Villanova at nine, and Duke at ten. Um, Villanova is now back in the the top ten as they were number four two weeks ago. They beat uh, the University of Texas, so that one moved them. That one moved them back in. And uh, Wisconsin is out. They lost to Marquette. They were the number four seed, but they had a they had a bad loss. And yeah, now they they've dropped to all all the way to number 15, fourteen or fifteen, I believe. Um, looking at this top ten, obviously Gonzaga and Baylor are the top two teams. Iowa's in there at number three. Uh, you could change them in Baylor, but I wouldn't. I think that's a solid that's a solid choice. Number three, uh, Michigan State at number four. It's hard to argue. It's early in the season. They did beat Duke. Uh, why not, right? Uh, Kansas at five. Illinois at six. Um, uh, Illinois and Kansas could probably be interchangeable. That'd be a great matchup between those two teams. Uh, at number seven, you have Houston. They're undefeated. Uh, they're a kind of a shocker uh, coming in t- uh, at number seven. But th- they're they're a good team. They have great guards. Uh, they picked up a good win Saturday over South Carolina without their head coach or their top two players. Uh, keep an eye out for Houston to you know cause some trouble if they play any of those top teams. Um, number eight Creighton, uh, number nine Villanova. Both are good teams as we know. Villanova has a great head coach in Jay Wright. Uh, they did go back to back a few years ago in the championship, to, or to the championship. Um, and you know they had a bad loss earlier in the year, but they're back at number nine with a good loss or a good win over Texas. And then uh, number ten Duke, they just lost to number six Illinois. Uh, and like I said, if West Virginia can get a win, they should move ahead into the top ten. Tennessee is ranked, I believe, number eleven, but they haven't played a game yet. West Virginia, if they win, should uh, jump Tennessee as well, and Duke should be falling out. Heading over to the gridiron now, let's talk NFL Week 13 action. The Chiefs look normal on a Sunday night win over Denver. Um, you know, it's only the second time this season that they've looked beatable. And fortunately for them, they played a Denver Broncos team who's kind of struggling with injuries. Um, the Jets are clearly tanking for Trevor. Uh, they they blitzed eight on a Hail Mary to win the game for the Raiders, and the Raiders just chunked it up to the fastest player on their team and one of the fastest in the league, rookie Henry Ruggs. Caught the touchdown, uh, and the very next day, the Jets fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, I think this was kind of like, hey, if we sack and we win, if we don't, who cares? We're getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't really know who made that play call. It could have been Greg Williams, the D coordinator. could have been Gase. It could have been you know the higher-ups. Who knows? But clearly, they are tanking. Uh, Brown secured a winning record for the first time since the 07 season. Uh, with a 41-35, or yeah, with a 41-35 win in Tennessee, um, the Browns are now nine and three. Um, you know, this was kind of not a trap game, but if you look, if you looked at their record of eight and three before this game, you would think, uh, hey, they haven't really beat anybody. You know, they're winning close games to bad teams, but uh, they kind of showed us wrong, and they proved us all wrong. Uh, canceled all the doubt in people's minds they went into Tennessee and got a solid win Baker Mayfield looked amazing and you know should Tennessee kind of be concerned I mean they're backed and tied for first in this in the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts uh they should still make a playoff spot but 
how far will they go? It's kind of up to them and how they want to play. Uh, the Seahawks, they look mediocre. Uh, they're still in a playoff spot because of their hot start to the season, but they're, they don't look great. Uh, and I, I don't think Russell Wilson's winning MVP anymore. Even if he does come back and have a fa- fantastic end of the season, I think uh, this the middle of the season stretch that Seattle had just kind of ruined it for him. Um, Patriots and Chargers game, it was a weird one. Patriots traveled three hours back in time all the way to L.A. to face the Chargers. Both teams are kind of good, kind of not. Uh, Patriots won this game 45-0. to Just shut out Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense. And I'm just going to say it, Justin Herbert hasn't been the same since he cut his hair. Uh, I think he cut all the magic off. He had been growing it out since his sophomore season at Oregon. I think it was just a bad choice, and we'll see how we'll see if he can turn his luck around the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, 45-0, Patriots destroyed the Chargers. Uh, it was a very weird game. Moving on, the Bills are finally having fun uh, again. They beat San Francisco 34-24, and I know the score looks the score looks a lot closer than the game really was. Uh, San Francisco played all right. You know, obviously they're hurt everywhere, um, and the Bills played fantastic. I mean, Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs had some games. Josh Allen is improving his stock. Uh, it's his third year, and he's looking amazing. Uh, Billy Bean definitely hit, you know, the right the right uh, draft pick when they took him uh, number seven in the first round three years ago. Um, Pittsburgh finally lost to a hard-battling Washington team. I mean... Washington does not have great talent, but they do have a great coach in Ron Rivera. They have a quarterback who's got something to prove in Alex Smith. They have a solid wide receiver running back duo in Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. Uh, And with Alex Smith, you know, running that offense, they're uh, starting to put some things together. Um, Now let's talk some playoffs. Uh, So Cleveland is now only two games behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know who has that tiebreaker, but I definitely think Cleveland can get to the same record as Pittsburgh. I've kind of said it all season, but Pittsburgh does not. Yes, they were undefeated until this week, but they still didn't look great. Obviously, their defense is one of the best in the league, uh, but that offense is, you know, struggling. Uh, especially without James Conner this week, they could they couldn't run the ball with anybody. And yes, the Redskins do have a strong, you know, D line, even front seven with all those first round picks, but still. And a team that was undefeated, you think even with a backup running back and a, a good O-line, they should be able to get more than 30 yards on the ground. And with that loss, we did get to see a video of Larry Zonka, uh, old old Miami Dolphin running back who I believe was on that undefeated team. So everyone in Miami was celebrating whenever uh, Washington got that win over Pittsburgh. Um, Kansas City Chiefs and New Orleans Saints both clinched a playoff berth this weekend. Uh, good news for both of them. They are two of the best teams record-wise in the NFL. I'm still not necessarily that scared of the Saints, uh, especially when Drew Brees comes back, but you know they've kind of been proving me wrong, and they're getting quality wins. Um, the Giants in Washington are battling it out for the NFC East. Uh, it is the, Both teams have a 5-7 and seven record. Could possibly get to 500, which would be crazy, uh, especially how the season started. Um, the Eagles and Cowboys are pretty much out of the playoffs race by now. Meanwhile, the Giants got a win over a Seahawks team with a backup quarterback, and the Redskins just went out and beat an undefeated team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, those that division's going opposite ways right now. 
Um, the Rams did move ahead of the Seahawks in the NFC West. The Rams are now the one seed, Seahawks two seed, and then Cardinals uh, are now sitting at six and six as a three seed, uh, and 49ers are below them at five and seven. Um, uh, some movement in the playoffs in the NFC. Minnesota is now in, and Arizona is now out of the playoffs. Um, both have a six and six record, but Minnesota does have the tiebreaker. Uh, moving on to week 14, there's some big games this week when it comes to playoff seedings. Um, Kansas City is traveling to Miami. Minnesota is traveling to Tampa Bay. Indianapolis to Las Vegas. Pittsburgh to Buffalo. And Baltimore to Cleveland. Uh, this Kansas City-Miami game, both teams are in the playoffs right now. Miami's only one game behind the Buffalo Bills for the lead in the north. But uh, Kansas City should take care of things and remain, you know, Remain a number one, number two seed, uh, hopeful, in the AFC. Sucks for Miami. This comes at a bad time. But, you know, maybe they can pull out a win. I don't think it's going to happen if they're starting Tua. But who knows? Minnesota traveling to Tampa Bay. Uh, both teams are also in the – actually, both teams are wild card teams. Uh, Minnesota just got in. Tampa Bay is coming off a bye, so they should win, especially with a game at home. But uh, Tampa Bay, you know, we've seen what they can do in the past, and it's sometimes they fail. Uh, meanwhile, Minnesota has been playing outstanding football, especially after starting the season, I believe, 0-4 or maybe 0-5. Um, moving back to the AFC – Indianapolis is traveling to Vegas to face off against the Raiders. This could be a trap game for Indy as they did just get a quality win over, you know, a decent Houston Texans team, as in they have a good quarterback and nothing else. But uh, Vegas just almost – Vegas should have lost uh, to the Jets. They didn't. Hopefully Indianapolis can remain playing solid game-winning football against Vegas. And, you know, Vegas really needs a win here to kind of jump back in the playoffs. Um, Pittsburgh travels to Buffalo Sunday night. On paper, this should be a good game. But in person, I I think Buffalo's – I'll not destroy them score-wise, but kind of handle them how they did the 49ers, where even though the score's close, the game wasn't. Um, I'm really hoping Buffalo has a good week. Uh, if Buffalo does win – and Kansas City wins. Kansas City will hop into the one seed in the AFC playoffs. Um, last game of or last big game of the week that has you know high playoff implications. Baltimore travels to Cleveland. Uh, as you may not recall, since it's been so long, in Week One, Cleveland traveled to Baltimore and got destroyed by the Ravens. Uh, this is kind of a you know a revenge game, especially with Cleveland two two games ahead of Baltimore in the standings. Cleveland's, like I said earlier, Cleveland's playing great. Baltimore's not. Uh, Baltimore also just played Tuesday, so they'll have two less days of rest as Cleveland played on Sunday. Um, but that game is going to be on Monday night. Uh, Thursday night football, we have the New England Patriots traveling back to, or maybe even staying in Los Angeles because they now they face the Rams after facing the Chargers. Um, the Rams are five-point favorites, and the over-under is at 44-and-a-half. Uh, I think the Rams are going to take this game um, they. I don't want to say that they're a great football team, but they are playing outstanding on offense and on defense. Uh, Jared Goff is, you know, doing what McVay is asking him. Uh, they're getting decent contributions off the ground game. Uh, their defense is playing. Ramsey is playing like the defensive player of the year, and Aaron Donald is playing like the defensive player of the year, even if the stats don't show it. Um, but yeah, I like the Rams in this one. Uh, they should maintain that number one seed. Uh, in their uh, the NFC East, 
And, uh, yeah, New England, you know, really just kind of playing for a draft pick. So a win doesn't help, uh, but a loss does. Um, my picks for this game, I'm choosing the Rams at minus five, and I'm choosing the under uh, 44 and a half. I don't think there's going to be a great amount of scoring. I mean, I, I think the Rams take this game probably by more than five points. But uh, if I had to guess, maybe 24-14 final score, 24-13 maybe, uh, I think the Rams get it done. Last but not least, we have I Betcha. Uh, last week I went three and three. Finally got back out of the losing column. I'm 15 and 28 on the season, a little above 33 percent. I'm four and 11 with my betcha picks. Uh, I I kind of you know what the Seahawks kind of hurt me last week, especially because I I was gonna say the Giants are gonna cover, and then I changed the Seahawks just winning. Um, but let's move on to this week. We have seven picks for you. Uh, starting off, I have Kansas City. Uh, Minus seven at Miami. Uh, like I said, Miami is a great team. They have a great defense, but Kansas City they just played a bad game. And what are the odds they play two bad games in a row? I just I think they get the win over Miami, and I think they're going to move in the first place. Uh, Arizona going to New York to place to face the Giants. Uh, they're one and a half point favorites, and uh, I'm a I'm gonna give the Giants those points and take Arizona on this. Uh, I I. Arizona, they have good games, they have bad games, they beat good teams, they lose to bad teams. I think this is a game where they beat a bad team. The Giants are probably still playing Colt McCoy at quarterback. Arizona's coming off, you know, a bad loss. Uh, I think Kingsbury and Murray turn around and get the dub. Um, New Orleans is traveling to Philadelphia. Uh, They're six and a half point favorites, and uh, I'm going to definitely hit that bet. I think New Orleans wins by maybe even 10 if you want to hit an alternate point spread. Um, Philadelphia is just a terrible team. It's going to be Jalen Hurts' first start, if you haven't already heard. Uh, they have benched Carson Wentz. Um, but, yeah, New Orleans should go in there and have no problem getting a win. Um, next game, uh, the Chargers uh, at home versus Atlanta, and I'm taking the Chargers at plus 125. Uh, no point spread on this one. I, I think uh, Chargers just win it straight up because, um, you know, they're not supposed to win. So, uh, now – Cleveland uh, versus Baltimore. This is kind of a hard one to do, but I'm, I'm taking Cleveland at plus 102. They're at home. They're playing Baltimore. It's a revenge game from week one of the season. They're playing great football, and Baltimore's not, as I mentioned in our last segment. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland winning that game, even though Baltimore's favored. Um, next game, Seattle versus the Jets. Uh, I mean, why not? I'm choosing Seattle to win. Uh, I, I, I don't want to touch this point spread. I believe it was 13 and a half. Uh, but with the way Seattle's playing, who knows? The Jets did just have a great, a great week, uh, a great week against the Raiders, and now with the defensive coordinator fired, maybe they have you know they get some freedom on that defense side of the ball, as we saw kind of in Detroit when they when they beat the Bears this past week. You know, fire a head coach who's tough on the team, and finally they can go out there and have fun. So yeah, I'm not touching the point spread, but I I, I don't see Seattle losing at home to the Jets. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle at minus 715. You're going to have to bet a lot on that game to win some, but I think it's going to be worth it. Uh, moving on, I bet you that the Buffalo Bills will cover versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to give Pittsburgh those points. I say Buffalo wins by more than three. Uh, honestly, I might hit an alternate point spread on that. Uh, but, yeah, I think Buffalo, kind like I said earlier, I think they're going to kind of destroy Pittsburgh on the field. 
Uh, I don't really think Pittsburgh's going to have a chance after the first quarter, and I'm, I'm hoping Buffalo just kind of blows them out. Uh, that's going to be it for this week. I know it was kind of a long one compared to others. We had a lot to talk about. We got in, you know, five, six. We got in six different sports this week. But, uh, yeah, y'all have a good one. I'll see y'all next week.